I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> After further review, Derek Lawson here with David the Man of God Harris. And uh, David wants to talk about Mr. Harrison, a former Steeler. And he said he almost cussed on air, but he had to restrain himself. But he said he wanted to get it off his chest. David, uh, what do you got to say? Yeah, so for those of you that are familiar with what's happened, James Harrison, former Steelers, defensive stalwart, almost borderline Steelers legend, legend to some, was on the Skip and Shannon morning show Undisputed, and he was discussing the Le'Veon Bell situation, and what James Harrison said in terms of the advice that he would give to Le'Veon Bell is to basically show up in mid-November, kind of practice throughout the week, and then come Saturday, fake an injury so that he doesn't have to play on Sunday, and he can still recoup the benefits and get the money so that heading into a free agency year where he's going to try to demand a trade, he can be able to basically protect and save himself. And for me, I look at kind of have two points with this. First, if I'm James Harrison, there's no way, or any professional football player for that matter, there's no way I'm telling another grown man to fake an injury in a league where you sign up for your to put your body through physical hurt, pain all the time, money or not. It's like, this is the job that you signed up for. This is the profession, the career that you've chosen. Everyone has some kind of injury going out there. And for you as a grown man to tell another grown man to fake an injury after practicing all week and everyone sees, oh, he's healthy, he's good to go. Like, there's a certain kind of code of conduct and certain kind of moral ethic that happens within the locker room. And one of the things that, and I've heard it from ex-football players throughout the week in response to James Harrison, is like you just don't, you don't fake an injury because people can look at that and say, hey, your heart's not in this. We don't want you in this locker room. And so, yes, if according to James Harrison's logic, you practice all weekend and fake an injury, that's more disrespectful to the players, to your brothers on the locker room who cake and rose for you over these past, you know, all throughout the offseason leading up to when you decide to not show up and get your money for whatever reason, that's more disrespectful to them than just not showing up at all and just doing your own thing, which is what Le'Veon Bell is doing now. And so for me, I look at it and say it's disrespectful to the teammates, it's disrespectful to the culture, to the organization to the league itself and all the other players who actually do have injuries and want to play and want to be out on the field because it's the game that they love. No one's trying to fake an injury to get out of the 
it's a profession that they love, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, anything. Like, if you love it, you are going to do whatever it takes to yell in the field Sunday after Sunday. And that's the beauty of the game, and watch, which is why so many people love the game. But the second thing, and this is the part where I'm, I really hope I can keep us on the FCC airways, at least for the next week. Like, James Harrison preached against participation trophies. He preached against kind of this ethic of not going 110% and just kind of showing up and everyone gets rewarded. So what what does it look like when you tell another grown man that it's okay to just participate all throughout the week, participate in all the drills, but then not get the reward on Sunday because you want him to fake an injury and get his money? Like, what does that say about you, Mr. Oh, participation? If you're not winning, you don't get, you shouldn't deserve anything. You shouldn't get anything. Meanwhile, just tell Le'Veon Bell, hey, if I'm you, if, you, if you're going to participate throughout the week, you're playing on Sunday. Like, it's no if, ands, or buts about it. And, yeah, we can find you, you know, your 850 grand a week, but if if you're in a contract year and you want people to actually pick you up and you want to play for someone, like no one's going to pick you up if you're out here practicing throughout the week and just get a participation trophy so people can see you in pads, not getting touched and tackled. But then come Sunday when the bullets are flying and everyone expects you to show up because usually when people are in a contract year, they want to show up and show out so that they can show everyone, hey, I'm worth all this money. Basically, what Le'Veon Bell is doing right now and what James Harrison is telling Le'Veon, or would suggest Le'Veon Bell do if he was in this situation, is basically a punk move. Like, it's a punk move, and it's classless, and it's disrespectful, and it's slaps in the face, not only of the Steelers' culture, not only of professional culture, but basically just human decency and what it means to play football. What's worse? Like, Vontae Davis doing what he did or if Le'Veon Bell actually did that? What would be worse? Oh, oh, it would be Le'Veon Bell by a country mouth. Because at least with Vontae Davis' situation, like he went out there in the first half and tried to give it everything he had. And he came out finally and said, I don't feel this. I don't feel like I'm giving 100%. But at least he played and he was on the field before he realized, like, hey, I can't give it everything I have, so let me stop now before I cause harm and damage to my body by not being able to give 100% every single play, which is what is expected of your other job. With, lazy, with what James Harrison is saying, it's basically, yeah, I want to do all the work in preparation for Sundays, but then I don't want to play on Sundays, which is basically... Why are you showing up to work then? Why are you showing up to practice if you're not going to play on Sunday? Which is what Le'Veon Bell clearly doesn't want to do because he's willing to give up the game checks in order to sacrifice his body. Meanwhile, he's doing all these Twitter emojis and kind of subtweeting everyone, watching James Conner, basically doing what Le'Veon Bell would be doing. And honestly... Taking Le'Veon Bell's basically taking Le'Veon Bell's job almost. I mean, they don't really need Le'Veon Bell. I mean, if no, you really they, think about it, the, the the Steelers' fortunes could be totally turned around if they didn't screw around with the Browns 
in that Browns game. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess that's how things kind of go. But, I mean, Le'Veon's a great player. He's an impact player. But really, have this, has, has it been a point where it's like, wow, the Steelers really need Le'Veon Bell. They really miss him. No, and I, I don't think we miss him at all because I think and we saw a little bit of last year in glimpses. Like, James Conner can be a workhorse running back, and mm-hmm. we're seeing it this season. Yeah, he's pretty like talented. Like, in a Cleveland game. And he's a Pittsburgh like guy, isn't he? Game. Isn't he a Pittsburgh guy? Yeah, he was. Right. So, yeah, he, and he, had, he had cancer, and he went to Pitt. He's a hometown guy. Uh, they're going to get, you know, if he keeps playing like he's playing, they're going to, you know, jump behind him. And I think also you played one of the better teams in the league in Kansas City. So, really, the Steelers should be technically 2-1. and one. Yeah, you, know, you beat the Buccaneers. I he, I, I'll give you, and you hung with the Chiefs. You you, you might have could have been able to beat them, but they're one of the better teams in the league. So you, you chalk it up as a loss, and you should have beaten the Browns. You were up what twenty one to seven. Should have beaten the Browns. So really, yeah. you should have beat two and one. So you kind of screwed up there. But like I said, there's nothing that when I watch that game, it's like man, Le'Veon Bell. You know, you you know, you watch teams where it's like when the star player is out or one of the star players is out, you can just tell. Like when Ezekiel Elliott was out last year for the Cowboys, the total dynamic of that offense totally changed. Nothing's really changed with Le'Veon Bell out. Yeah, everyone kind of talks about oh, well, what about Le'Veon Bell coming out of the backfield as a pass catcher? He's another target. Like, I don't know if you're aware, but we have Antonio Brown, we have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's in the second year, and then we just drafted a big play wide receiver in James Washington. Plus, James Conner can catch the ball in the backfield. So, like, we're good. Like, offensively, we are set. And so, I understand Le'Veon Bell's trying to hold out to make himself better, but the only person that he's really hurting with this holdout is himself. And honestly, people are wondering, defend and have defendants that, well, he has to take care of his body. He has to take care of, you know, his physical so that he can be healthy for whenever he shows up to camp. Like, But other teams are looking and saying, like, hey, if you are healthy and you're just not showing up to work because you want more money, why would we bring you in? And there are some teams that are trying to trade, like the Jets, because the Jets just do whatever the you know, the heck the Jets want to do because Jets football. But it's like, who's really going to come after Le'Veon Bell if he's proving right now that he's willing to basically be a, you know, whining, petulant child and not show up for work because he feels like he's not getting money when he had the last two seasons and an entire offseason to restructure a deal and a negotiate a contract. And when a contract was given to him, that was basically the same contract that Todd Gurley just signed in L.A. He was crying and saying that, you know, that wasn't more enough money. Like, you know in Pittsburgh we don't pay for the – we don't play for the player. We play for the position. Like, that is Pittsburgh standard. That is something that Mr. Rooney set down from the beginning of time. Like, you knew that you weren't going to get a big contract. Like, everyone knows that running backs – especially when they get close to 30, aren't going to get that big payday contract. Or very seldom, rarely do they get it because it's a next man up. And as we've seen with James Conner, there's always another running back out there waiting in the wings that can do the same exact job that you could do in the exact same system. 
And so as you're pushing 30 Le'Veon Bell, and not to mention, who's going to take not, the fire on you? Right, not to mention he's also getting 14 mil with the franchise tag. So it's not like he's making, you know, it's not like he's making pennies to the dollar or he's on a rookie deal. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand. You had all off season, and you were saying, oh, we're close, we're close, we're closer than we've ever been. Like, if you wanted to be in Pittsburgh, you, you know the dollar signs. You were given a contract. You've seen what the Steelers are going to offer. If you really wanted to win here, if you want to win a ring here, then take the money and work and then work yourself to a bigger contract. Like, if you want to be paid like a number one running back and a number two wide receiver, which Le'Veon Bell wants to be paid, like, even though, you know, like, I mean, technically that's what he is. But as of now, it's like, like no one's going to pay that much money for you. Because everyone's going to look at the situation in Pittsburgh and say, dude, like you had every ample opportunity that the organization tried to give to you. And now that they've moved, pretty much moved on from you, all you're doing is giving money back to the organization that they could use to pay someone else to do the job that you don't want to do. And so, and going back to the James Harrison thing, kind of, like, I would never tell someone else to just fake an, in, like, fake an injury so that they don't put in the work. Like, if, again, if you're going to practice all week, then you're going to suit up on game day, like, whether you want to be here or not. And so if, if you're practicing all week and you have no injury designations or distinctions on those injury reports, and then suddenly... Oh, I have an injury. Oh, I popped a hamstring. Oh, you know, I banged up my shoulder. Like, we're fighting. Like, I'm willing to take whatever team imposed penalty, fine, half to, half against suspension. Like, we're fighting in the locker room. And I may hit you in the head with your helmet. Like, I'm at this point. Like, there's no hold barred. And I imagine that there are many in the locker room that would do the exact same thing. Or it'd be like in that scene of the replacement, uh, the longest yard, but Terry, you know, the offensive line just opens up and they just let the running back, you know, just let him keep getting hit until he realizes, like, hey, the team is sending you a message, dude. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a sticky situation, and I think he has to realize. Some people are saying that. Um, I seen reported that maybe the, the his agent has kind of stepped in and it's kind of like you know he's running the show, but the, the Steelers have made it made it known that you know it, it, this is how we run our organization. They haven't changed in years. I mean, think about it. they've only had three head coaches in their entire existence, or it might have been four. I think it's four. Um, obviously, Chuck Knoll, uh, Bill Cowher, and. Um, Tomlin now. Not I don't Tomlin. and I don't know who was before Chuck. I don't was Chuck Noel the original coach of the Steelers? Or I could have believed it was somebody else. I mean, cuz the Steelers have been around around before Chuck Noel came around in the late 60s and 70s. So, I mean, let, let, let's face it, you know, the the, the Steelers are a rock-solid organization and that's one thing you got to commend them for. They stick to stick to what they what they're doing. They don't they don't evolve on things. They're not going to sit there, like you said, pay a, a running back that's close to his 30s a long-term guaranteed money deal 
and then only maybe get one or two good years out of them. I mean, and let's face it, in the game of football, one bad cut or one bad hit could probably, you know, end everything. So, you know, I, I have admiration for that actual, you know, franchise to keep it all together. Um, and they're having a little bit of problems now. But I, if, if I was Le'Veon Bell, just take the franchise tag and then maybe try to go somewhere else the next year. But, you know, that's his prerogative, understanding, trying to get money. But to be honest with you, in the end of the day, he's going to lose this situation, especially if Connor has is still doing the way he's doing it because then it's like, well, how much worth are you, Le'Veon, if you were outlaw season and this other guy is putting up the same numbers as you and the Steelers still probably win the AFC North Conference Division or, you know, their division, even if he tries to go somewhere else, you might not going to get the money that you, you wanted to get because people are going to be looking at it like, well, wait a minute. You was out, and the Steelers didn't really miss a beat. So, hey, yeah. and they only wanted to pay you $14 million with the franchise tag. We'll give you twelve. I mean, because of the year the, the year depreciation and you're closer to 30. You're one more year closer to 30. So you should have just taken the franchise tag Probably would have played it out this year. Maybe you would have got the deal that you wanted. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a lose lose situation, really, Leon. And I'm and I'm not trying to tell him you what he should do with his money. But if I'm looking to get a big contract, if I'm looking to make the big buck after this year, I'm going to show up and show out on the football field, not be on a jet ski or drop a rap album or <laughs> do all the extracurricular stuff off the field. Like that's right. not going to get me money in the bank when it comes to the football production. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just, it's an unfortunate situation for Le'Veon Bell. And I mean, if he wants to show up, great. Like he'll be welcome back. He's going to have to earn the starting spot. Cause he's just not going to come in and be like, Oh, I'm the starter. Big man on campus. Like, no, that you go on to ride the bench, and maybe if you work hard enough, you know, maybe you'll get a chance to start. Yeah, that is true. Well, we're about to end up with this with this segment. Your next segment isn't it about Bryant Kelly? Yep, Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant, my is, bad. Is it really a smart decision to transfer all the time? Now, this will be an interesting one, by the way. You listen to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, make sure you check out all our podcasts on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Once again, we're going to talk a little bit about Brian Kelly. Coming up next, the former quarterback of the Clemson Tigers. We'll be back after this with David the Man of God Harris. 